0: Good people, welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia, I'm Justin, and I'm Rachel. And you've got to know, at least by listening to this show, that if it's two things Philly does extremely well, it's food and music. Our guests today give us the best of both. Kevin Cooper, aka Chef Steak, isn't your average Philly chef, he commands a salute and entrance into your kitchen to increase your succulent imagination. Also coming up is one of Philly's proudest daughters, DJ Diamond Cuts. She will talk about taking over MTV, The Roots Picnic, and The Philly Flower Show. Oh, yeah, she's got more, too. But first, around the Philly faves. And what we got today, Justin?
1: Your favorite place for brunch? The nice hardest star? question ever. Of co- really? Can you start? I mean, it's not even a Isn't question. Isn't
2: a question? Well, he paused. So I was like, oh, is he changing things up on me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say actually you guys we have a lot of amazing
1: brush yeah, spots yeah it's a we, problem like, she's leading up to she's gonna give more than one answer because That's I can do what
2: I want <laughs> so I'm gonna say Bookers in West Philly oh um, but you better be black alright <laughs> ow <laughs> I love any amazing shrimp and grit dish. Mm -hmm. They definitely have that, but also the history with that name. It's actually Booker Wright, who was a waiter or server back in 1960s, and he risked his life to discuss what it was like working in an all-white restaurant. And as a result, he lost his life. So, there's definitely <gasps> historical significance in the name of that restaurant. And I also love the love in Rittenhouse. Um, once again, great shrimp and grits dish that it doesn't necessarily have to be during brunch, but um, roots. she does. That's a shave. Okay. Justin, for folks that, you know, you obviously can't see this, but Justin's giving me a look that I slid two things in there.
1: I'm okay with it. There's a lot of brunch places. It
2: really is like, a
0: hard
1: question. It's also become like a religious activity. Like yes. less people go to church and more people seem to go to brunch and think of it religiously. And so the basic classic best if you're going to you, tell someone where to go to brunch what's it going to say what you going to say don't park it. Written yes oh yeah
2: no like okay do you have a favorite dish there or do you just love the yes, ambiance the, or uh,
1: not not to get weird but it's also shrimp it's the worn shrimp salad that's excellent this is a shrimp my, my girlfriend's from new york
2: when they come down they love going to park <laughs> so for sure they, they know, know. i gotta go to park i ain't i've never been there y'all know what
0: because I, right. on the list first of all when we break down brunch this is a whole topic in itself because are we talking about brunch with or without alcohol because you know sometimes oh, well, you the have food, to. Yeah. But sometimes the best food don't have alcohol example Sabrina's is Sabrina's the legendary French Good toast. Point. exactly Sabrina's so that's why I say Sabrina's you can find all over the city they got multiple locations and also I just wanted to throw in for alcohol North 3rd because
2: okay, yeah.
3: okay.
0: alright yeah. so let's
2: get this started <laughs>
0: One thing is for sure, Kevin Steak Cooper knows his way around the kitchen, any kitchen. Ever since the age of nine, he has been clear on his culinary mission. It is safe to assume that chef's vision and discipline was expanded by his six years serving the military, which took him all over the world. That experience provided the base of his passion. Yes, combining American fusion with Asian and Caribbean flavors and spice. All these factors, with the added value of graduating valedictorian and receiving a degree in specialized technology and restaurant management from JNA Institute of Culinary Arts, birthed the delicious competitive hands behind one of Philly's newest restaurants, Succulent Imagination. Oh, and if those credentials aren't enough, we should mention Chef Steak is also the winner of Food Network's Guy's Chance of a Lifetime grocery games, cooks versus cons, and he also competed in the Food Network Canada Fire Masters. I told y'all, any kitchen,
2: oh,
4: and yours too. Hey, what's up? Wait, I so mean, my... this voice is amazing. It is. You know, listen.
2: I think we need a fourth person uh, for the podcast. Man,
4: if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I wouldn't have to do no cooking at all. But <laughs> well,
2: we're gonna work on that, all right. <laughs> Tell us this. You have appeared on so many television competitions related to food. How do did you first get started in that arena?
4: I watched Food Network, Food Competitions for a really long time. When I came home from active duty, I started my business, which was Suckling Imagination Catering. I decided to apply for a game show, which was called Beat Bobby Flay. And the producers from Cooks vs. Cons gave me a call. I got the show and I won
0: tell everybody about what an audition tape is like for a show like that for all these
4: yeah so so basically the producers hit you up you send them a resume and then they set up another skype interview with another producer and then you you pretty much got to show them your culinary skills if you can cook show them some dishes just basically show if you can like if you have that tv presence pretty
1: much Mm -hmm.
4: and then you might have another interview they narrow it down to the wire because it could be you and 50 other people at the end but they only need three They submit it to the top producers and then you get chosen and then you move forward from there.
2: What's the pressure like? Here you are, you're recording hours. There's the competition. There's the other folks that are involved. Did you feel like there was a lot of pressure in doing these shows the first time? What was that like for you?
4: When I was a kid, I was very timid and shy to myself. So this is something I always wanted to do. So when when I did that first show, for me, it seemed like it was like a natural thing. Obviously, I'm a little nervous because I want to win and I'm competing against other chefs, but it was easier than I thought it was going to be. So it really wasn't no pressure. The only thing I can do is just pretty much be myself. A lot of people say, how is it with all these cameras in front of Mm -hmm. me cooking? And I don't know. I felt like it was like a part of me.
2: Did any time were you ever like stumped, you know, some of these shows where they give you a secret ingredient or you don't know what you're going to have for a recipe ahead of time? Um, were you ever stumped in, during any of these competitions?
3: Yeah,
4: Like like obviously with Cooks versus Cons, I had to use hazelnut as a ingredient, so they had chocolate hazelnut spread, hazelnut coffee, all these different hazelnut ingredients, and it's a difference between a really, really great chef and a competitive chef. You can have a really great chef who might not know how to go into that arena and know what to do in that element. Competitive chefs are different. Not only do they know how to cook great food, but they also know how to compete. We are kind of like in our own lane, like, and that's just my opinion.
0: What did you make with the hazelnut?
4: I made empanadas, so really? I did my own. I, I did my own dough. I made like a curry and cabbage stuffed empanada with some hazelnut, chocolate hazelnut spread. The judges was like, I don't think this cabbage going to work. I don't think <coughs> it. I, I said, I said, but listen, I'm telling you guys that my whole concept is Caribbean Asian. I love right. it like, And, and that's when cabbage. You get an egg, wow. When you get an egg roll, what's in it? It's cabbage.
1: Yeah.
4: I'm just putting the curry, the ground protein and the cabbage together. And I'm putting it in the empanada crust. That's all I'm doing.
1: Tell us about your Philly roots and how did cooking become a calling?
4: My mom and my pop, they grew up in in like t- around Temple University area, like 8th and Diamond, around there. Nice. And I grew up in Huntington Park, which was one of the roughest part back in the early 90s, late 80s, with the whole crack pandemic that kind of went on around that time. And it was rough. So for me, I always wanted to cook. I always had it in my mind that I wanted to cook, but I was a little afraid to do that.
1: But did somebody in your house cook? Like where did the inspiration come from?
4: I mean, obviously my mom was a good cook, but I've been cooking since I was nine years old. We had this big tub of peanut butter in the back of the kitchen to collecting dust. And I asked my mom, listen, can I go and use the peanut butter? She said, yeah. So I went there and I made peanut butter cookies every single day. That don't uh, make no
0: sense though, chef, because you saw peanut butter but you didn't know what else to make the peanut butter cookies with. How did you, as a nine-year-old...
4: I just was experimenting. You know, my mom allowed me, she just allowed me to do what I wanted to do with the peanut butter and I was just experimenting. Like, it wasn't no recipe book. It wasn't no online where we can kind of Google a recipe. So I just took peanut butter flour, egg, things that I felt like made sense.
2: And at what point did your family say, all right, enough with the peanut butter? How long did it take before they were
4: like, come on? It was like two weeks after that because I was making them every single day in big batches. And my mom was like, listen, boy, now it's time for you to use, use a a can of tuna or something. Just use something else. I'm getting tired of these peanut butter cookies. And then from there, I was just experimenting with different, you know, foods in the house. And then I was also interested in cultural cuisine. So I would go to like, as i became a teenager i would go to like asian markets caribbean markets to try out like different uh Ingredients to kind As of a put teenager.
0: So by by the time you're a teenager, what you cooking? What's your thing?
4: I was very interested in like Caribbean food. Jamaican food was really, really good to me. Puerto Rican food was really, really good to me. And I grew up in a culture full of Jamaicans and Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. And I will befriend the kids, be up in their house, in the kitchen with their mamas. Late teens, early 20s, I was dating this old head, this Jamaican old head lady. Yeah. That's how you learned to jerk. Yeah, I was with the jerk, the brown stew, the ackee and saltfish, beef patties, all that. She was a really, really good person, but I was more interested in the food. I ain't going to say that I was just using her for her techniques now, you know, that's kind of wrong. But yeah. the gist of that relationship was more so I learned a lot about her culture when it came yeah. down to the food, you know. So people used to be like, darn, you cooking this jerk better than she cooking. So right. it got to that level People will ask me, are you Jamaican? Are you Puerto Rican? Are you Dominican? Are you from? And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, this is just the type of food I learned how to cook. I'm just a regular black boy from North Philly.
0: And this so, is before you went to move to the military and went and got the whole international
4: experience. Yeah, Go this ahead. was a few years before I joined the military and start traveling and going to these different countries and trying out food from all over the world. Like that's when Asian cuisine kind of became my thing. <sighs> Because okay. I went to Japan. I went to Korea. I was in the Philippines. It was just like all these different. That's a lot of different kinds of Asian food. And people just assume that Asia is just like Chinese. No, is you got Japanese, you got Indian, you got all these different, you know, cultures in Asia. And I can't like put it in a small box because I love Asian cuisine from the whole continent. Where do you like to eat in Philly. So you know what? One of my favorite spots it closed down. Now it was called Aki Meadow, and it was on 16th and Walnut. And I'm so I think about that all the time. You know, COVID kind of closed a lot of our favorite restaurants mm-hmm. down. But Aki was my favorite restaurant. It's like a Mexican Spanish kind of theme and it had all kinds of like tapas and all these things that I love to eat. Mm. I don't want to be cliche because I do like steak 48. The food is always delicious and they just treat you amazing. So it's not just about the food it's about the treatment as well. And the whole ambiance is just everything is amazing. But if we want to just like take it and just be like real chill, Love and Honey is a chicken restaurant. In, uh, North oh, uh, that's a good
1: one, that's a good one. Love and putting it in Love the phone and honey,
4: and I also like wishbone in University City. Like, University City got a lot of little nice spots.
1: There's one that's in the gay neighborhood, too, 13th Street. They call yeah. it Gay Chicken, it's across from <laughs> <some> gay
4: pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I also like Pod Pod. Pod is Pot just yeah, closed. Pod just
1: well, but no, there's a great story to it. Now okay. it's called K Pod, and Peter Serpico joined with Steven Starr, and it's this great Korean barbecue place. We oh, so it's still have, like, Steven wow. Starr, good okay. Korean barbecue
4: Wait, it's place. It's called K Pod, let me
2: write that down.
4: Ah, it down. Chef is writing something down now for us. go there because <laughs> Korean is one of my favorite Asian cuisines.
0: Can I ask you, chef? When did you realize that you were born and bred in a chef
4: food town? You know, I never knew that. Like, like, you know, the coming from the hood, we grew up in a box. We don't know nothing outside the box. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just knew that I was stuck and I needed, like, I felt like I, I needed to get out. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, have you ever seen that movie Drop Dead Fred? Back in the day, it was like Dang, a kid. took it
0: back, yes.
4: And, and the thing is, when, when when Drop Dead Fred was stuck in that little jack box, that's how I felt. So when I popped out the box, it was just like... It's time for me to explore. I really didn't know until I actually got out of the city that the city was such a big melting pot when it came down to like food culture.
0: Yeah, and Top Chefs, I was curious, like if you formed any bonds with some of your brethren now knowing that like Philly just does it when it comes to Chefs and cop chefs and stuff. Can I about Please yes. to be
4: honest. Yes. I'm yes. I'm very like to myself and I spent a lot of time. I spent almost seven years out of Philly. And when I came back, I did another six years in the National Guard. So when I was on the last show, Guy's Chance of a Lifetime, Guy Fieti was like You need to be doing more than what you are doing. You are a gem. And the thing is, a lot of people really don't know who I am until I pop out. It's like I pop out and they're like, who is this guy? So I do know a lot of amazing chefs in the city, and I know of the top chef that came out of Philly. I know of Kevin Sprague, who had his restaurants on Broad Street. They might know about me. They might not. But I'm really like this, really like this humble, state to myself kind of a guy who is inspired by all the amazing chefs that's around.
2: So you see the name of the podcast is Love and Grit? Yes. What does Love and Grit mean to you?
4: You gotta love what you do, right? You gotta love the people who love why you do it and love who you do it for. But that grit part is the part where you are constantly swimming against the current to become great, right? Like you gotta have that oomph. You gotta have that push to kind of make it happen, man. And the grit is just the strength and also the confidence. And that's one thing that the military has given me to become successful in this industry is confidence and discipline. And a lot of that comes from that grit.
0: Listen, you should know that there is a very special selection of Philly-born and bred folks that we Philadelphians have agreed to and deemed the voices of our city. DJ Diamond Cut's lineage combined with the legacy she has built, refining her skills in this DJ capital, AKA Philly, taking those skills to some of the biggest stages in the world, and her actual standout, straight Philly forever young voice has led her to this elite club of ambassadorship. It's also led her to this elite club of loving grit guests who return to our show for a second time. Why? Oh, because she's got all kinds of dope stuff going on, and we need to know and be a part of all of it, period. Yo, our girl is the new queen of Yo MTV raps welcome back to the show diamond cuts no oh, oh, excuse me tina dunham who is that <laughs> aka diamond cuts me and quincy harris just had this conversation today about when you drop your moniker and you give the real government that's when you know you didn't made it you and you're you ready for it. some
3: transitions <laughs> in life yes yes you know i'm ready for the transitions all
1: day we talked to you at the beginning of the pandemic you've done a lot in the last two oh, oh, years <laughs> how did this all happen
3: my goodness The pandemic was was hard on a lot of people, but entertainers all around, they were able to kind of virtually do their thing and I had to physically be in in any particular place. I want to say I've made the most I've ever made during the pandemic. Yep, because it was like, I didn't have to go anywhere. And everybody was doing virtual events and I was doing virtual parties. I mean, literally two, three times a day. You know what I mean? So in the beginning, it was like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, but you know, you kind of put money aside for like, rainy days or whatever. Mm. But when it happened, the virtual events was going crazy and I was taking advantage of all opportunities. I didn't say no to anything.
1: No, you and, clearly did and You got 19 yeah. <laughs> jobs now.
3: Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I always, Lion like knows, I always been Having like multiple hustles and stuff like that. so Philly style. Um,
0: That's what I yeah, learned from I, y'all. Like I learned from
3: y'all. <laughs> mm. yeah. Like I, I always had like multiple hustles and stuff like that. So when the pandemic came, I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting. How am I going to make this work? And I made it work.
0: Because I swear we talked to you during COVID and you was yeah. kind of like, I don't know how this
3: is going to go. You're so right. You, you were way. feeling a
1: little depressed and you yeah. talked to that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I was. I, I didn't know how it was going to go. And out of nowhere, things just started picking up. And then there were a lot of other things too that I can't forget. Envy had a few virtual events, and I was doing Envy's events, and D Nice had a few events, and I was doing his. It was a lot of things that kind of went into it because I don't want to, you know, how people be like, oh, I did all of this on my own. It just happened. No, there were like Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces of things that happened throughout the time where. I was exposed to a different crowd. So in the city here, everybody knows, okay, Dominica, you know, she does not thing on the radio. She does her thing at the parties. But then even going live, I always went live. You know, you would go back on my Instagram and you could see before the pandemic, I used to go live at the radio station, like, you know, on Instagram live. But now it became a thing. Everybody was doing it. So my, I guess my talents reached beyond Philadelphia and then people just started hitting me up and it just, it's just a lot of love, a lot of opportunities happen for me.
2: And that speaks a little to your energy. <laughs> it, it speaks to, of course, you know, that type of support system and networking, but your energy and your positivity, which is amazing that anytime you're in the room, people can feel that and not simply through your music. I know for me, every time I'm on your Instagram page or you're live or you're at an event, I love your fashion. So do you have any collaborations as it relates to fashion or do you even work with a stylist? Good Tell question, me about Rachel. that because I just love it.
3: That is a good question. A lot of times I be winging it, but um, for, like, <laughs> <laughs> for like the big events, like or not even a big event, but the, um, when you go to like TV appearances and things like that. Yeah, I definitely get a stylist because the thing is I don't want to have forever you just want to hold it for a little while borrow it and give it back right. um, so, <laughs> about that yeah but normally it's just me i kind of just go in my closet and pick out what i can a lot of the times on your off time you buy things and like oh, i'll just keep this to the side oh. and bring it out I got my own kind of style. I feel like I don't follow mm-hmm. trends. I follow like what I love, like what I like. Absolutely. I, I like it. I put it together. But thank you. Cause you know, I be think I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I no, I together. love it.
2: I love it. You're <laughs> yeah, always yeah. a fresh approach and yeah, I love your style. So, so then
0: can we just get to the meat of it then? Can we, can, can we talk about your TV show? Yes. No. Ooh, yes. yes. Really I mean, For this a is moment gigantic. <laughs> this is huge. Like diamond cuts, Yo MTV Raps, you're bringing it back.
3: Yeah, that was a blessing in the so, You know, sometimes you get like emails. A I blessing, think. a blessing. That's a blessing, yeah. So I don't, have, I don't have like an agent or a manager or anything like that. When people book me, they go directly through me. They emailed me. That's what was in the headline. It was like, Yo MTV Raps, and I just clicked it open. I'm like, oh, shit, this is a thing. So, I, you know, I got on the phone with them. And they were like, we love you. We really would love for you to to be a part of the show. You know, I had to do a couple, you know, a couple like auditions and stuff like that. And it it was just a match. I do the show with Conceited, who's also on Wild and Out. Did they tell you why why they wanted
0: you? I want to hear you say it. Why they wanted you?
3: (laughs) 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 Well, they did say because of all of the things that I do, all of the experience that I have with radio, production, all of the opportunities I've had is one of those things where it's your MTV rap. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. kind of have to have someone that is skilled and they know how to read and they know how to interview. Right. You need somebody that. that on top of knowing the culture, TV. the
0: history,
2: like you, you look, look to, amazing on television. You look amazing Thanks. on television. Thanks. Thanks. So we need to also <laughs> you got to be cute.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. You guys are the, First people that I'm talking to about this show.
2: It's she likes time. us. She really likes <laughs> us. We <laughs> friends.
3: Yes, I can't wait for the air, and I just can't wait to see you know how it grows. out. you got DJing goes. at the flower show too? Like what is that? You doing a club? At yeah, yeah tell us show? about what that, is this, girl. Yes, yeah, so you know out of everything, when I DJ, I like to have a good scenery. Okay, yes, so I know that scenery is going to be
1: lit. Right? I'm coming. So I'm, I'm there. The flower show needs more cool things like you. I mean, it was yeah. great last year outside but to go and do a club like that is fun I'm yes, really looking it, forward to this
2: the flower show's June 11 through the 19th there's a lot going mm. on even that weekend you know Juneteenth obviously the wow, Juneteenth parade yes. and festival the flower show yeah. the pool exhibition there's so much going on that weekend mm. how can I you not be
1: we... in Philadelphia uh hello we have <laughs> hello. our
2: Visit Philadelphia Black Greek Edition golf outing on Monday June 20th it's busy month is there anything <laughs>
0: You want the the world to know before you leave. Uh, why's your own TV Rex in
3: the air, man?
1: The Roots Picnic is coming up June 4th and 5th at The Man. Ladies, are you ready to do a live version of Love & Grit in front of a crowd? We are going to have so much fun, plenty of promotional
2: items, giveaways. laia came up with a few contests and trivia. Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely. Ooh, that's good.
1: Come and see us June 5th. That's Sunday afternoon, but we'll be there all weekend. Another thing we want to let you know, new on VisitPhilly.com, is Shop Philly, a former Love & Grit Guest, Shannon from Yowie has put a great list of Philly stuff together. If you want to shop for good gifts for mom, it's a good place to go. I may be shopping for you, ladies. I was
2: just about to say, Justin, I already have some cute things that I've selected from that page, so I can just send you a memo or a text or a memo. you know whatever.
1: Send me a memo, please. <laughs> Oh, I'm on it. I'm going to send Justin a memo, too. Let me go on and try the works. All right. So check that out at VisitPhilly.com. And of course, you can follow Love and Grit at Love Grit Philly on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you there and back here in your ears. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>